Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and this podcast is uh, very different from the others. One, it might be coming out a little bit earlier um, than usual, and two, it might be segmented because while we have one really, really important, very tragic story to talk about, and while I want to cover some other topics, I just can't see how I can do that. You know, I, I don't, I don't see how I can, I can talk about those almost seemingly unimportant things, you know, after, um, you know, after what we're going to talk about first. So to begin, I just want to dive right into that and get on with the, um, with the serious topic at hand, which was just today. So this was Sunday afternoon. We had a report of multiple fatalities in a mass shooting in Jacksonville, Florida. And so at first you're like, sadly, I feel like recently it's just become so common. Like, it's another month goes by, another mass shooting, another shooting, another public shooting, you know, buzzwords like mass shooting and stuff like that. Just, you know, forget all that stuff and just kind of, you know, look at what it was, just another public shooting. Um, and you're probably asking yourself if you haven't heard, you know, like, well, why, you know, why am I talking about it? And, and um, well, unfortunately, it happened at a Madden 19 tournament. So this was a qualifier round to try to get, you know, um, it's like a regional qualifiers to get um, into the bigger tournaments to eventually compete for, you know, big cash prizes, uh, which is usually a televised sort of thing. And um, during around the, I, I believe the time they're saying is around the second round of play, we have um, all shots ring out and um, now we have fatalities and multiple injured. Um, so I'm going to try to get through the facts here. There's, um, I mean, there's a lot to go through. And then once we kind of get through all the facts and what happened, then we're going to, um, you know, then we're going to try to talk about what we want, you know, like, like our opinion on it and, and try to try to process through it, you know? And, and, um, I mean, I, I guess before even getting to the facts, you, you just have to say like, I don't understand this, right? I, I don't understand how this keeps happening and I it's it's getting so frustrating and I, I don't know where all this anger comes from and all this violence comes from you know and uh and and I'll certainly talk more about that and my thoughts on that later but I, I just I don't know what to say to that you know and you know you have families right now that are, have lost loved ones you know and you have people in the hospital fighting for their lives and in great pain and, you know, over what? I mean, over nothing, nothing important at all. You know, um, it, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. And, and I've covered a few of the violent, you know, a few of the shootings and, and, and story things that had to do because of the politicians blaming video games and such. But this is the first one I can remember that took place at a esports event. And so now we've got this whole other bag. And so the facts that we know for sure, um, we know... Right now, uh, the sources say that there are four people that are fatally shot, and I believe that includes the shooter, uh, and then more wounded, and we don't know how many more. I want to say I thought I'd heard like seven or eight more that went to the hospital uh, for treated wounds. Um, we've got some really chilling sort of stuff. Um, th this is one of the, the quotes was that the shooter, quote, targeted a few people and shot at least five victims before killing himself. So that's also, um, I believe it's been confirmed that, uh, the killer killed himself after, uh, after shooting. Um, <clears throat> and that was, uh, Steven, Stevie J, uh, J uh, Javaruski. He was one of the competitors at the tournament. He's one who said that, uh, so it's in his, it's his belief that the, the killer targeted the people before killing him and then just shot randomly after that. So I don't know if that includes people maybe trying to stop him or, or what happened. Um, there was, uh, th this was a quote. I'm literally so lucky. Gamer Niri Dioka said in a tweet that the bullet actually hit his thumb. <laughs> he, the bullet hit his thumb. I mean, my God, I don't know. Like if he was playing at the time, um, my, my understanding is that, um, the two people, so, yeah, so uh, two of the people, I believe, have been identified that uh, that um, two of the people that, that died. I'm sorry. This is like really tough I, because it is not like I'm emotionally choked up. It's just I I'm, I'm like struggling to find what I want to say about this because I feel like there's so much and I'm starting to feel like 
it's just, you know, like it's hard to believe almost, and it shouldn't be at this point, and it and it is, and so uh, there is video out there as well, and I'm not gonna show it here right off the bat. So if you're looking for it, I'm sorry, you know, you'll have to go elsewhere. But basically, there's video of the two competitors that are about to start playing, and then you you see it switch to the gameplay. And then during the kickoff, after a touchdown, during the kickoff, you start to hear the shots go off. And then you start to hear screaming and you start to hear, like, you know, you start to hear someone, you know, asking, like, what did he shoot me with? Have I been shot? Like, going into shock. And it's really sad and it's really terrifying and it's, um, you know, it's it's brutal, to be quite honest. And it's, it's brutal because it's real. You know, it's not, like, if you watch it, it's not like you see anything, you know, but you're hearing it and... I think most people, most normal people, most sane people, when they, you know, they, they disconnect between reality and, and not reality. So once something, once they know the difference between something that's fake and something that's not. So as soon as it's real like that and you're listening to it, it's, it's chilling, you know, a little bit and to hear, to hear someone's last moments, I guess you would say, and, and to hear their, their anguish and their pain that they were in. And, um, so there's the video and then right before the video cuts off and I I can't confirm this because I don't know for sure because it could be a million things but right before it cuts off you can notice on one of the players like a like a red laser dashes kind of across his chest almost like a like if it was a laser scope on a gun and you don't know that it could have been someone in the crowd with a laser pointer just flicking it around like you know we I don't I don't know if they've confirmed that the gunman's uh, handgun like had a laser sight on or anything like that. And so, so the two people that were, um, that were playing, I'm, I had it here. It's, um, I just don't want to mess up their names, you know? Um, man, I just had, I apologize. Like, uh, uh, one of them, he went by the handle true boy and, um, uh, Man, it's frustrating. I had up here. I do apologize. Uh, and and the other player too. Um, you know, he was he was a husband, I guess, and a father. True boy was going to be an engineer. He was going to college. Um, he had been making the the scenes, going around a lot around the United States, playing and making some money. And it's just, you know, <laughs> I I I don't get it. Um, and then I guess the final part that has been confirmed is that the the killer was a participant in the tournament who had lost, went out to his vehicle, grabbed his gun, and then came back. So that that's basically the facts. And again, I apologize that I don't have the two names. I had it up here and I just I I don't I don't know. You know, it's uh I, I don't wanna I don't wanna sit here for an hour looking for it again. Um but uh it Yeah and then there's the stream. Like I said you guys can go check it out if you want to. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um but uh, I don't know why, like, on this thread I found, let me see if I can do this. The thread that I found, like, is talking about who got shot in the thumb, but not, you know, but not uh, not the people who, unfortunately, were lost. So um, let's see here. Okay, that's that's a picture of one of the victims. That's True Boy, unfortunately, um, that he passed away. Uh, and Spot Me, uh, this this was the other player here. Thank you. Um, I just, I just wanted to get it. Like, I don't want to feel disrespectful, you know, and not be able to, uh, to do that. Um, so, uh, they've confirmed the passing of true boy and spot me, please. Um, unfortunately I don't have their real, uh, the real names up here, but they do, um, spot me was a father and a husband and, um, and they're gone uh, along. And there are two other victims, one being the, uh, one being the killer and then I'm not sure who the third, I don't know, maybe they haven't identified yet. They haven't released any info yet because maybe they're trying to contact the family, which, I mean, how terrifying is that, you know? And uh, <clears throat> so basically, uh, all that thats that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle is that he was a player that left and came back in. So there, there's, you know, now getting all the facts out of the way, now we kind of get into the discussion, right? Where we want to try to, push this further and we want to say 
what what else is there right like what what can we talk about and one of the first things a lot of people are going to jump on people who like my videos and people who I agree with typically politically are going to jump on right away is that we need to have more gun control and at this point I can't really say that that's a bad idea um, I can't say it's the one thing that will fix everything though um, but I would like to see uh, I, I think we've come to a point now where being as we have to be fully licensed to have a car, you have to take safety tests to have a car, like you have to do a lot of other things. I, you know, I understand that it's different being that it's an amendment to the Constitution that allows you to to bear arms. Um, but I, I can't help but say that. And I say that as somebody who uh, I used to be a gun owner. I'm not anymore. Uh, to give a little background on me, I grew up in, you know, the middle of Bumble, you know, Bumble F nowhere. Um, I grew up shooting guns. I went hunting with my dad. I've been hunting. You know, uh, we target practice. We used to a lot. I don't anymore. Like I don't have a need for a, a weapon, so I don't carry one. I don't have one. Um, but like I'm not afraid of them. You know, like I don't want this to be like this. Oh, this liberal gamer idiot like doesn't even know what a gun is, or he's you know like I, I definitely have been around them. Um, but I also always understood the gravity of them. Like my dad kept them locked away. He made it clear that they were not toys. They were not something really that needed to be idolized. You know, they were tools. They were they were tools that you use to accomplish a goal, which would be in this case hunting or or um, to get better at hunting by target practice or something. So. Um, you know, I think, and I've, I mentioned this before when we talk about the, you know, violent game argument, but there is something ingrained in the U.S., like in our DNA. And, and one thing that a lot of people may not may not realize, and I think what part of it is, is that you have to kind of look at the culture of it all. So this culture, um, as people came, uh, as generations grew, I should say, in the U.S., we had people who were growing up, they were hunters and trappers. It was It was a rite of passage to pass along that knowledge of hunting and all this stuff to your son. So it, it's it's not as simple as just saying, like, why don't we just get rid of guns? Because to a lot of people, it's a very important part of their heritage and, and, and of their upbringing, right, in, in that ability to hunt and things. But on the other side of that, we also have completely glorified it. We've glorified it in movies. We've glorified it in comic books. And I hate to say it, but we've completely glorified it in video games too. It's It's cool to have a gun. It's not just a, a tool that you would use for a purpose. It's become like a, a status item. It's, it's a part of your stature. It's, I have a gun, I'm cool. You know, almost like uh, smoking was cool and sunglasses are cool. Like having a pistol is cool. And, you know, so, and that's something that I don't know, that just doesn't go away. And yeah, you can argue that, like I said earlier, that most people can distinguish between what is real and what is not. But not everybody can. And I think it takes a very, very disturbed individual to be able to take another person's life, um, not in self-defense, you know, not fighting back. You know, it, it, it takes you have to have something missing, you know, something's broken because we're not programmed like that. And uh, as much as you'd like to think that in this civilized society, we're not. But I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. and I don't know how we change societally, how we approach guns, you know, Hollywood uh, complete like we are so enamored by action and, and by violence like it, it that's something we love because we live in a non-violent for the most part society we need to stimulate ourselves with with the fake violence and then it almost ends up bleeding back over and it's like well now we have to have guns and now we have to have now we have to create our own violence um, because we're not getting it enough in real life you know we need to create and so I don't know how we fix that. And I wish after I'm talking and giving my opinion on all these things, I wish I could go to you guys and say, here's the problem. Here's the solution. Let's fix it. And if I could do that, I I would do it tomorrow. I would do it right now. I would, do, I would do it this second. I would stop recording this dumb video that doesn't matter. And I would fix it. And unfortunately, I don't have the answers and I don't know what to do. And I feel pretty helpless. And I, and I don't know. And I guess... Partly what I like to do is that maybe that's why I make these videos is because I just want, like, I, I just want to raise awareness maybe. I don't know. I And, and I want to spread a certain message. And that message is that like we need to be good to each other. You know, we're all on this rock, you know, <laughs> hurtling through space together. And I, it frustrates me so much. And I'm an overly empathetic person. So if you're watching this video sometime, somehow for the first time or if you're hearing this podcast for the first time and you don't know me and you've never heard me talk before, 
I have I'm hype I have a hyperactive uh, conscious and I'm overly empathetic. It's it's quite the curse to be honest. Um, you feel guilty about things all the time. You feel bad for other people. Um, the best way I can describe it is when someone tells you that something bad happened to them, you don't just understand what they're going through. You feel what they're going through. If, if I could just try to put that out there. And so I have so much empathy for what is happening here, but I don't know how to fix it. And, and so maybe I can just spread the word and get other people to spread that message of, we just need to be good to each other. We just need to, to, to be decent to each other. And we just, we need to find people like this and, and we need to, we need to reach out to them. You know, we, we need to be better to each other so we don't accidentally create a person like this. And I've talked about this before. You know, I think that every one of us is hated by somebody and we may not even know it. I, I fully believe that everybody in their life has said something or treated somebody poorly. And to us, it was no big deal. And to somebody else, it changed their life. You know, I had I had bullies in high school that drove me nuts and I, they, they put me through hell, quite honestly. And, you know, I know that I treated at least one or two people that badly. And I think about that all the time and it's terrible and I hate it. But maybe we, if we can try to be so much better to people than we are right now, then maybe we can kind of prevent these sort of things from happening. And this goes back to, and this is a, you know, not to get too psychological here, but we're talking about a nature versus nurture kind of thing. Did, was he predestined to become this person was he born missing that empathy you know was he born with that or was he was he turned into that was he born like are we all born the same and through our through our life and through our instances and through our experiences are we altered and do we change the nature versus nurture de uh, department i i fully believe it's it's nurture i've always believed that and i i believe that we all are given a chance at birth and from there Everything that happens to us shapes us and molds us into the people we become. And so all we can really do is, again, just try to be better to each other, try to try to prevent things like this. I do believe in something as simple as called, you know, something simple like common sense gun control. And so a lot of that stuff to me is I think you should have to have a license. I think you have to be trained. And I know a lot of people might say, you know, that's not a good idea. It won't fix anything. It's still what I believe. And, and I'm sorry, you know, like I'm not trying to say we should take guns away. And as I said earlier, I appreciate the, the, the culture side of them. Uh, I appreciate the, uh, or I should say that the, the upbringing, the heritage side of it, where it's a family thing passed down through generations, oftentimes for people. Um, but this is happening too often. Uh, and, and then one of the other things we have to look at, too, is how sensationalized and how uh, how much recognition is given to these people. Now, I've made it a very large point to not mention the shooter because I don't want them to get any, you know, I don't want them to get the recognition out of it. In fact, I wish that all press would just do that and, and would just not talk about the killer, talk about the victims, talk about the tragedy, but to talk about them almost gives the next person who's considering it can look at all these articles and say, wow, they're talking about him, you know? And some of you might be thinking while you watch this, you might be thinking, well, aren't you doing that right now? Aren't you giving him the airtime he wants by talking about the story? And all I can say is I'm bringing a better conversation to it. And, and I'm not mentioning them because I want to know how unimportant that person is. That killer had nothing that's unimportant compared to the victims and the, and the consequences of what happened. Um, and one thing I think about sometimes is I, 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 as I, as I was going through all the stuff for the stories, I thought, what did something else happen besides just a loss? And not that anything that would happen could somehow justify this in any way, but was there trash talk involved? Was there, and again, not that that makes it okay, but like, was he ridiculed by the crowd, right? Like, did he lose? And maybe, you know, he, at the end of the, like, maybe there was a fumble at the end of the game and he lost or something. And then the crowd was doing like the, Ooh, Oh man. Oh, you know, like, was that happening? Was that what pushed him over the edge? Was he mentally unstable anyway? And clearly he was. Um, and again, not that that would be a reason to do any of that stuff, but you have to wonder kind of the environment there, because I have, 
But I'll tell you, I, I've and this this hits me a little close to home because I have organized a bunch of tournaments myself. I've hosted them, I've sponsored them, and I've ran them. And I can't imagine what it would be like to host a tournament. You have so much stuff going on; it's so crazy. And then something like this just happens. Like you start hearing shots going off. Like, you know, I mean, we've had I, I've helped with tournaments that have had forty to fifty people competing, and we've never once thought about doing security. Um, you know, one of the things that frustrates me a little bit, and uh, you know, very really quickly, the um, uh, Dana Lois, she works for the NRA, and she came out with a tweet almost immediately saying, "A horrible tragedy: end gun-free zones or have the security in place to keep people safe in them." And that was really frustrating to me because, well, one, the first thing that many people say is that whenever there's a shooting, the 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 lefties are are very quick to cry for gun control and they politicize it too quickly. Well, that's exactly what's happening here, and it's really really frustrating to me that that like. You know why couldn't she just come out and say this is a senseless tragedy? We need to figure out the problem with these people. What's wrong with them? Because it's I don't believe it's the gun's fault. I truly don't. I don't believe it's it's a gun problem. But I, but common sense gun reform includes keeping, trying to keep the guns out of as many people like that's hands as you can. And I know the argument is that, well, if, if, if they want to get it, they'll get it. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you'll prevent one, maybe you'll prevent two or three. That's all that really matters at this point. They're trying to prevent something. And so I don't like that. I don't like that they came out and tried to politicize it right away. And I also don't like this because, and then this is tough to talk about because clearly I think this person had something wrong with them mentally to be able to do this. So in doing that, why I, what I don't like is I don't like how we, we talk about how we need to get better help for, um, for people with mental health issues. We need to put more money to mental health research, mental health issues. Uh, most people with mental health issues aren't killing people. Now I know it's fair to say that all people that murder people in this way have mental problems. That doesn't mean that all people with mental problems murder people. And so I also don't want to get too quick to just jump on and say, we need to, we need to have more mental. It's, it's almost feels like you're lumping all people with mental illness together. Like they're all cold hearted killers. And I don't think that's fair either. And, but I think a lot of these ideas that are brought up, I think somewhere amongst all of them and pieces of all of them is where we reside. And the reason I brought this up was because she had mentioned you know, that part of, uh, I have here, these are the rules and con rules of conduct for Jacksonville landing is basically that this says that it is a gun free zone. And that's what she was attacking in that article. You should make it not a gun free zone, or she said you should make it, uh, or have security to prevent these things from happening. And I actually do agree with that. I agree that, that you need security, but as I was saying earlier, I've run tournaments with 50 to 60 people competing that had maybe another 10 to 20 watching that were friends that are just hanging out. So maybe even close to a hundred people, we didn't check. We didn't have a security check. You know, um, they, I, I don't have it up here, but I saw a picture of the place where the tournament was at. It was like a bar, a bar restaurant kind of sports bar thing. It was small. Like you wouldn't have thought that people were probably coming and going, getting, you know, things to drink getting food, going outside, having smokes, getting on a phone, coming back. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a locked down event. I, I think they even have like wide open. You can walk outside through like the windows, like a, like a patio sort of thing. So arguing that people giving more people with guns would have prevented this issue. It, it wouldn't have, you know, um, it, it certainly wouldn't have. And, and I think it's really disingenuous to argue that. Um, and then the last thing I kind of want to talk about, uh, when it comes down to all this is that I think we're going to see much to my disappointment is we're going to see the debate brought up about violence in video games. And it's going to be especially frustrating on this one since the video game they were playing was Madden. It's a nonviolent game. I mean, not any more violent than the actual sport of watching football it, but I still have a feeling that they're going to attach people. These people were gamers. They were pro gamers. And they got, you know, and he shot people. He killed them, you know, while he was playing a game. It, I just feel like they're going to try to connect that dot. That they're going to try to take this into, an, uh, uh, they're going to take this into, well, 
see video games cause violence. Well, it doesn't matter what video game, even if it's violent, just all video games cause violence. And that's crazy and that's stupid. And that's also hurting our chances to realistically prevent this from happening in the future. And if you remember, if you watched it or heard it on the podcast, I did uh, when when President Trump had people come to the White House and they showed a montage of violent video game clips and they had a White House discussion on violent video games. Everything there, the people there were so uninformed and had no idea what they were watching or any clue about what was going on. And it was really frustrating to me. And I said, though, on that video that I'm willing to concede that, right? I'm willing to concede we need to look into it. Maybe we should put some more money into studies to see how uh, violent video games can affect kids of certain ages. Does it affect long term? I'm okay with putting money into studies to maybe find that out. I really am because I think we should know. Not that there haven't been studies already. Um, And certain studies have come out saying that (laughs) violent video games have led to increased aggression. But my my argument there is there's a big, big leap to go from aggression into murdering people, right? So to say that, you know, boxers are aggressive, UFC fighters are aggressive. It's not video games. It's it's competitiveness makes you aggressive. You have to have like the, the heart of a champion. You know, you have to fight for what you want like that. That is being aggressive. That's how you win. And um, so that's that's a that's an argument that really frustrates me. But, you know, getting back to that, what we're talking about, though, now is this violent video game thing, which is going to come up again and which will baffle me even more because I don't know how it's possible because it was a Madden football tournament. If they somehow try to blame video games for this and once again, you know, because they don't want people blaming guns, but then they say they want to blame video games. It's frustrating to me. And, uh, you know, and then I was reading something, I, I don't remember who it was and I can't find it right now, but basically it was this guy, it was someone who was a, like an attorney general for Florida or something. I don't know who he was. And he was saying how we all need to just connect again with God so we can figure this out. And I'm like, come on, man, it, it's, this is a human problem. And, uh, and, and whatever your beliefs on religion are this this is not a problem this, this is this is a, a personal issue for the people that are living on this planet you know it's not something that that uh that, that god would like stick his hands into in my opinion um this is something that that needs to be fixed on our level and i don't know how to do that i i, I and i come back to that and i come back to being just as frustrated as i was when i first heard this is i think about all these things i say things i talk it over with my friends and just nothing matters. Nothing changes. We're going to have another shooting. You know, when are we going to have another school shooting? Is that coming up again? I mean, it's crazy. And and, and I think we have to look at what, you know, and, and I guess lastly, so this is tough to say because, you know, I, I don't like to sell. I, I talked about this in the um, Total Biscuit uh, video that I did where I just asked the question, you know, why are people talking mess about him now that he's dead you know and uh and so you know i, I posed that question and, and i had said i personally don't like to attack people that have moved on even if i don't agree with them i just think it's tacky you know i just think it's tasteless like you're not hurting the person who's dead you're hurting the people that miss that person or that are mourning for that person so really it's just you being more of a jerk to like people who are hurting already so that's just always been kind of philosophy on that and so I, I don't I don't want this to be like this weird angle about me being glad he's gone or anything. In fact, I wish that the killer was not so that we could hear more about why he did it. I, I want to know why. And I don't I don't think we can figure it out until some of these people start being captured and, and, and understood and figured out. And why and this is what I was getting to, why does he have to take people out? before taking himself out you know like that that always bothers me so much like how much hatred do you have to have to take out somebody else before if you're gonna go out just go out you're not gonna remember it you know you're gone you're not gonna remember that you didn't take someone else out it's just baffling to me that 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 they get so enraged and so upset that they don't care that they'll be gone on this planet soon but before they're gone they're gonna take some people with them i mean how that that's it's crazy to me and um 
that that, that that's the pro- thought process. If if you're mad and you think your life is over and you think that ending your life is the way to do it, okay. But why do you have to take people with you? You know? That that's that's I think what what really starts to bother me the most. And so, you know, lastly, um, as I wrap this up, it's just you know, I don't know. It's like, I'm really, I don't even know what to say about this video. Like I don't, I, I hate talking about this stuff. It's actually really frustrating to me that, uh, that this happened and, and that I'm making a video on this because I talk about game news and this is game news. I have to cover this sort of thing. And, and, um, you know, there's a GoFundMe set up for the, for the couple of the players that died and please go find that. And, uh, you know, just, just, we gotta be better. And I say this all the time on this podcast and I say this all the time, on you know in in everyday life and on these videos but like we we can be better we need to be better you know it's 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 the collective we like we we can do this but we have to do it and we gotta do it soon you know this this is ridiculousness what is happening on this planet and i you know if you see somebody getting picked on or getting beat up i know it's easy to go along with the group and and just be like i'll pick on them too and it, it it's easy to get wrapped up in this stuff and, and when you're younger especially because i remember this when i was younger you feel like it it's not that big a deal and maybe it wasn't that big of a deal to you but it probably affected them for a really long time and uh, and and i'm not saying like go back into your past and you know like in billy madison and and call the people that you wronged and then have Steve Buscemi show up with you know lipstick on later and not kill you I'm not saying that but like and and don't torture yourself thinking about the past every day try to be better than the person you were yesterday find somebody who needs help be a mentor to somebody you know say nice things to somebody you know I I spent the uh, the weekend in Chicago Uh, I was at Wizard World and I don't I don't know I I just I feel like there's too many people out there that are just so self self absorbed. Like I don't want to say self centered. I guess that is accurate. They're like self absorbed. I mean, it's just little things. Like they walk, they don't pay attention to anybody. You know, they're walking down an aisle, then they just stop dead where they're walking, and then check their phone. And there's people behind you. Like they're just inconsiderate. You know, and I just we got to be better to each other in every way. You know, and and be more accepting of, of each other. And I, I'm guilty of that too. Like sometimes I'm having a bad day, and I don't want to put up with someone's crap. And and you know, but you don't know that person's story. You don't know what that person's been through. And and you don't want to be that final straw that causes them to break. You know, you'd rather be the person who's there to help, you know, pick them back up and help them get a good start. And and um, and I'm getting ranty now, but the last thing I'm going to say is that as much as video games might become something to blame in the future, I will always be appreciative and I'll always look forward to the so much of the good stuff. Uh, that video game has brought us. Now, and I'm not just talking about the the massive amounts of enjoyment we've all received over the years, but the charities. Um, awesome games done quick. I'm doing a 24-hour live stream. I do that every year for the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. And, I mean, it's, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's just I've seen the good that it can do, and so I'll always refuse to believe that video games are somehow a cause of misery. But there is an epidemic in this country of people who are thrown, cast aside, upset, whatever's wrong with them, and they feel abandoned, and they're upset, and they're angry, and they find the right tool to to cause as much damage as possible. And and we saw that again today. So please, everybody, you know, just be better to each other. You know, um, I don't I don't know what else to say. Please just just be better to each other. You know. Thank you. And this was a tough, this was a tough subject. And, uh, and, and I, and I understand if, if it's not our usual thing and it's a total downer and I do apologize about that. Um, you know, but I appreciate you sticking around and, and please leave any comments below. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for watching. So next I want to talk a little bit about the Xbox all access program, which is something that uh, Microsoft announced uh, last week. Let's kind of switch it over here. So this is a new plan for a new way to get consoles into people's homes. And so we're going to dissect it a little bit. So when you first look at it, the, the, the story is, and I'm reading this on Kotaku here, the story is Microsoft has a new monthly financing program for the Xbox One called the Xbox All Access uh, what you have to do is commit to a two-year plan where you pay monthly for either an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X, 
and you have to get subscriptions to both Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass. So if you look at the Xbox One X bundle, it's $35 a month for two years. Uh, and then the Xbox One S bundle is $22 a month, which is a total uh, for, for the two years also. <clears throat> so it, what's funny is the Kotaku article actually broke it down, but I kind of want to do the math myself. And uh, so I, I busted out my trusty uh, Windows calculators here. And basically what I found was that normally if you if you do the deal, the $22 a month at two years, that puts you at $528. That's what you're going to pay over the course of two years for an Xbox One S. Two years of Xbox Live, <clears throat> excuse me, and two years of the... Uh, Xbox Game Pass, which is allows you to get all the games like when they first come out. So $528. When you break that down individually, it's actually a total of $660. That's $300 for the console as of right now. You know, not no holiday deal. So $300 console, $120 for two years of Xbox Live, and $240 for two years of Game Pass. So that's $660 compared to $528. So that's a savings of $132 if, uh, if you push it out two years as opposed to buying it all up front. And that's really interesting. Um, that's a very good deal. I actually have to say that I think this is really smart on Microsoft's part because one, they're not only trying to get more consoles into people's homes, they're also trying to change the way we think about how we buy consoles, right? You know, remember how cell phones were for a while and it's almost like they've gone away from this, but cell phones for a long time were, you know, you would get the phone for free, but you were technically locked into this contract that was overpriced for two years but that was paying off the fee of the phone but you were getting you know at that time it was more like two or three hundred dollar phones nowadays with like the new iphones like you're not getting those for free with any amount of plans um but you can of course get the phone for free and then they just tack it on every month so that way it's not such an upfront cost because the new iphones are like 800 to a thousand bucks you know and they know that the average consumer can't get that we learned that lesson with a lot of consumer electronics like even the ps3 $600 when it launched was just too much for the average consumer. If they had some sort of payment plan like this, it would have worked out. So another an interesting thing about this is that there is no uh, interest and you obviously own the equipment when you're done. So a lot of people are, are talking about this like it's a lease and that's incorrect. This isn't a lease by any stretch. It's a, it is definitely a financing plan, but it's a no interest financing plan. So you are obviously locked in for two years though. And a lot can change in two years. Like I personally think in two years we'll be on the next console generation. So to get this plan now may not be a bad idea, but if you wait and get this plan sometime next year and you really want to get the new system when it came out, you might be feeling disappointed because, well, you're going to be paying for old hardware still when the new hardware is, is coming out. And so, uh, but I have to say, I, I actually really like this. I don't really have much else to say. I don't really have anything to say negative about it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, was pretty good. Um, but I guess where I, where I struggle a little bit is, like I said, with the, if this is something that you're going to want to do this late in the console's life cycle, but again, it's not necessarily about this console. They might come out with the Xbox, you know, 540 or whatever the next one's going to be called. And when they come out with that, they, they might actually have this model out of the gate hey do you not want to drop 400 or 500 dollars on the next gen system well pay us 40 bucks a month for two years we'll give you xbox live we'll give you the game pass thing we'll give you all this you have access to all the old games on your xbox live account you can play them on the new console like totally makes sense to me that that would be the way to go and that would get a bunch of people out the gate to push into that they're laying the groundwork i think for something here now, when I first heard about this, I was actually very skeptical because a lot of people may not remember this, but Microsoft tried this before. Uh, back in 2012, there was an article that came out that you can now, and, and this, like I said, I'll, I'll go over this because this deal was very bad. And obviously the new deal is very good, but a lot of people don't remember this. So uh, I'm reading this on CNET. This article is from 2012. Um, and I remember when this was out because remember people, people would bring in systems and try to sell them to us at GameStop that were, uh, or would try to sell you systems uh, that were like still under contract, still under warranty. <laughs> it was it was a whole mess, and try to sell like and and because and, and that console, if you don't make payments, they could shut that console down. Like basically, it was uh, I want to say it was through like Xbox Live, like they would basically kill Xbox Live on that specific console. So someone would get the console, skip the payments, and then try to sell the system. 
and then you'd get one that was essentially bricked from Xbox Live. So this was the deal they offered back then, though, right? So normally an Xbox 360 Slim, not bundled here, this is the Connect bundle, but just a regular 4 gigabyte Xbox 360 Slim was at the time $200, $199.99. So you could get the whole thing for $99.99. So you could save $100 if you signed up for two months or excuse me, two years of Xbox Live Gold. Um, wait, or was it one year? Uh, yeah, two years. You had to sign up for two years. But here's the real kicker when it came down to this crappy deal. You had to do the $15 a month Xbox Live Gold. You couldn't do the, you know, you didn't pay, you know, $60 for a year. So $120 extra for two years of gold, which would basically make you pay $20 extra. No, they made you do the month to month, which is $15 a month. So, you know, quick, quick bad math skills here. Um, you know, we're looking at, $180 a year for Xbox Live over the average over the normal price of $60 a year if you buy it at a year. So $180 times 2 because you have to get 2 years of it. So that's $360 you had to pay extra to save $100. So that deal was abysmal. Like that was the worst. And uh because typically when you do something like this, the idea should be it's all about um, motivation right like what's the motivation now this deal was to maybe get people onto some sort of month to month this this deal was meant to make money clearly because it's uh, it was a bad deal for the consumer but th having to pay $360 for Xbox Live for 2 years instead of the 120 it would have normally cost if you just bought it at, at a year's time and then only saving $100 in the system terrible deal but uh you know, they, they it, it was different back then because they were trying to make money off it. Now, you can very clearly see that what they're trying to do now is get more systems into people's homes. So they're willing to take a loss, but they're also getting people to sign up for their programs. Getting people on Xbox Live and getting people to subscribe to something like Game Pass are two very, very important things to Microsoft's future plans. And this is, this is what we kind of see in it. You know, it's it's interesting to see Sony being such a positive winner in this generation, but it's really hard to see what they're planning for the future. Microsoft has almost conceded this generation and saying, you know what, the things we want to do, we can't really get done right now. We'll plant some seeds and they're thinking to the future. They're thinking to streaming boxes. They're thinking subscription services, which is where a lot of games are going clearly. So it Microsoft's putting themselves in position to be a stronger competitor next generation and and so obviously we haven't seen anything from sony yet so we don't know i do believe that we're going to see the status quo from sony i think they're going to drop another console you know make keep doing what they did with you know the ease of use i think we will see it be backwards compatible because i think that's something that sony does not like to be looked at uh, as a negative and then i think they're going to try to build in some sort of cross play element from the beginning like like just have it set so that that way they can kind of crush all the nonsense and then um well, actually, you know what? I don't know if that's true, to be honest, because if, if they think they're in a leadership position, uh, conceding that, you know, the, the, the cross-play thing doesn't help them as a company. And even though it's anti-consumer and I hate it, 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 it makes sense financially speaking from their standpoint. So it's interesting to look at the two stances now and the two stances in the future. Sony is killing it right now. They're doing great. They're, they're riding high. They're very happy. But Microsoft's planning for the future. And it's, it's very hard to overlook that system. And if they keep up the good work, that might be the console to beat next generation, if it's even a console at all. I mean, it might be a, a streaming box. We really, really don't know. Um, I guess they have talked about it a little bit, that it's, it is technically hardware still. And I think we're still a little bit out from being able to do like a full streaming box. But, uh, but an interesting take. So that's the new Xbox All Access program. You pay a monthly fee to get an Xbox and all your services right away but paying a monthly fee i mean that's incredible like that's a, that's really smart and it's and it's affordable one and two it's it's safe like it's cheaper it's a deal like this is consumer friendly besides the fact that it's also corporate friendly for microsoft it's 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 good i mean they're taking a loss on this stuff but yeah yeah i, I actually I'm, I'm pretty happy with that i think microsoft's being pretty smart when they come to uh to, to thinking of the future and thinking of other strategies and kind of breaking the status quo when it comes to how to sell hardware and games. And then lastly, what I want to talk about on the podcast today, and, and I'm going to 
reiterate this this was um a tougher podcast to do because i'm actually recording this on tuesday morning but the other part the madden shooting i recorded on sunday because i'll be honest when i was doing this podcast i just couldn't i couldn't see talking about the madden shooting and then going and talking about other topics like it it just was completely wrong to me and i i just didn't feel up to talking about anything else and it was just really frustrating and and i was very you know annoyed by by the news and and what we had to deal with so that's why this might sound a little disjointed too because we're going from the really heavy tones of madden and then i jumped right into my xbox story and then now i'm jumping into what essentially is a rant story so here we go i wanted to talk a little bit about my adventures in chicago over the weekend so uh I went to Wizard World, uh, which uh, is a comic book convention, if you don't know. And I went down for the whole weekend, though, but we only went to Wizard World on Sunday. So my friend Adam and I always always go down every year. It's kind of a ritual for us. And we thought, let's only go to Wizard World for one day. Let's go Sunday. And then let's just hit Chicago for a couple days. Let's have some fun. So we went down Friday afternoon. We hit a couple of stores Friday night. Had dinner at this awesome ramen place Friday night. But then Saturday, I decided to go game hunting all day. So Saturday was Adventures in Game Hunting starring Greg and Adam. And I honestly was completely blown away by the ridiculousness of the prices there. Almost every store I went to had complete was completely ripping off their customers. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe some of the prices I was seeing. Uh, we had, uh, one store I went to had a, had a, a $50 version of Pokemon leaf green, $50. We sell it at my store for 25. Uh, they had $50 versions of Pokemon Ruby with a missing label. So the labels ripped off $50 and it didn't have a new battery. $50. That game goes for $20 with a new battery all day. We put, we replaced the batteries. We sell them for $19.99. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, and they also had a copy of Top Gun for the NES for $20. That is a game that I've sell for around five, but I have so many copies that don't sell. I have it marked down to two or $3 in my discount bin where it's been for years, multiple copies of it. Cause it just, you know, you get them in as often as you sell them. Cause it, it did sell well. It's a popular game in the sense that there's a lot of copies out there. And, and, and so we have a ton of them in the discount bin for $3 and we do sell them occasionally and we get them in just as occasionally. And it's just a cycle of it never leaving the discount bin because we always have so many and $20. Like I have no idea where I get their prices from. And so I, I posted on Twitter and I said, hey, you know, people in Chicago, how do you deal with the people just getting ripped off trying to collect games at the stores down here? And and I got a pretty mixed bag. I had a few, a lot of people liked it. And a lot of people were like, you know, hey, that's that's Chicago, man. Like some one, one person was saying, you know, that's the uh, that that's the Chicago tax or that's the Nintendo tax, as we like to call it, where because it's a, a Mario game, the Mario tax, where uh you know, because it's a Mario game, Mario's popular, so it must be expensive, right? And people who are reselling these a lot of times don't know what stuff is worth. I, I saw at a, at a swap meet I went to Sunday morning, which actually ended up being really good for me. But there, I saw someone selling NES games for 5 bucks each, and then they had Mario 3 for $50. I mean, that game is $15 right now. I mean, 50 bucks because it's Mario 3. And what's scary is someone's going to pay that. So we'll get into some of that later. But, you know, I... I struggled with, like, it was really tough for me down there because I, I I do go down there looking for things to buy, obviously, to bring back to my store. Like, I look for deals and stuff, but more what I'm what I'm looking for sometimes is products I don't have. And if even if it's the same price or, you know, maybe if it's a couple bucks cheaper, I'm not looking to make money on it. But if I don't have any of that product, I want to bring that up to this area, right? Like, I want I want to inject my area with some of these games that I don't see down there very often. And even if I don't make money on them, I just want to integrate them into like our area here. So I'll do that a lot. I'll be like, Oh, you know, I don't have any copies of this weird PS2 game. Oh, it's a $5 like motorcycle racing game. Well, that's what I'd sell it for, but I've never had it in the store before. Let's get it. You know, let's go get it. And so I'll do that sometimes. Or I have a long call list of people who want certain games. Like even if I don't make money on it, I'll grab it from there, bring it back to the store so I can sell it. I didn't get to do any of that. I didn't find anything that'd be considered like a good deal. Uh, also, let alone besides like, uh, anything that would be, um, you know, something that I could say, 
something that I could say, whoops, I had to get off the old story there. Something that I could say was something I didn't have. Right. And so it, it was, it was really frustrating. Um, and not that I'm looking for just deals only, like I said, I'm willing to pay full price for things, you know, and for my personal collection, I'm looking for boxed NES box, super, anything in good condition. And I didn't find any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, one store I went to, I walked up to it and it was in a rougher part of town. I won't lie, you know, but I, I walk up to it and like, I thought they were closed. It's like straight up. The windows were just like, they had two big windows out front and both of them just had like all of their excess racks and glass cases. They weren't using just empty in the front of the store empty. And I was like, Oh, they must be closed. And then I saw the open sign on and I was like, Oh, okay. So I opened the door and sure enough, they're open and they're in there. You know, person doesn't greet you when you come in. Uh, it just like, it was dead in there. I had, it just was messy. There was junk piled everywhere, you know, behind the counter was just a mess. And I just think to myself, like, like how, how is that place successful? You know? And then you look in the glass case and they've got Mario Kart for fifty nine ninety nine and, and Mario party three for sixty nine ninety nine. I'm, I'm just like the, <laughs> this time of year, especially this stuff is not worth this much. And, and, and so it's just, you know, it cranks me a little bit, like, because I feel like the people in that area are getting ripped off. And here's what I don't understand. And I, and I know when I opened my store, I, I've been open them almost eight years now. Right. So when I opened my store, people were still really leery about buying on eBay. So I probably, and I had people tell me this, that they would pay more in the store than pay on eBay. But I remember thinking to myself, I buy stuff on eBay. So why would I ever try to sell stuff more than eBay when that person could just go on there and get it? You know, and you, you have things that aren't always the most accurate, but you have things like price charting and whatnot. And, and, um, you know, price charting isn't, isn't always accurate, but it, it is an idea. So like, if you look at somebody who looks on price charting and says Mario Kart 64 is worth 30 bucks, and then you see a store selling it for 60, like how does a customer compute that? You know, and again, not every customer knows about price charting. Not every customer knows that, uh, you know, about eBay or Amazon even. And so I think about that a lot. I think about like the customers down there and like how badly they're getting hosed by all these stores. And I think part of it is that down there, you have such a large group of people that could be potential customers. You have millions of people compared to up here in my town, you know, a couple hundred thousand of potential customers here. If you upset somebody, they don't come back. That hurts. You feel that if they spread the bad word about you having bad service or something like that hurts you as opposed to down there. I think you could have first time customers for the rest of your life because you'd never run out of first timers. And I think you could rip somebody off once or twice, you know, once or twice, they would never come back in and it wouldn't hurt your business is what I'm trying to say. But it was really disappointing. I, I just really, I struggled with that. And, uh, and so I went to a bunch of stores. Um, I'm not going to name drop any of them because I, you know, maybe I had a bad experience. I'm not here to like trash their business. Maybe they're struggling. You never know their plights, but I don't understand it. Um, you know, one, one of the uh, people on Twitter too, who kind of came back at me a little bit was, you know, someone had mentioned something like he's from Alabama or something. He's like, yeah, these prices, these prices are pretty standard for what we see down here. And, and it just is weird to me. Like just go on eBay and get an authentic one for half that price. You know, like, why would you pay that? And I totally understand if like, they have it for 40 bucks and on eBay you can get it for 35, but you like supporting local. Like that makes sense to me, you know? And, and I, I think that's totally cool and fine, especially if the place is cool and it's a neat, clean, organized store that you really like. But when these places aren't good stores, they don't have friendly staff. Why would you support them? You know? And I know a lot of it is uneducated collectors or beginner collectors who are just getting into this. And they think that that's what stuff goes for. Cause that's what the store has it for. Um, and then you can make the argument, which I've said many times, is that something is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So I guess it's worth $70 if somebody buys it. I don't know. Um, but a lot of the stores I went to that I've been to before had a lot of the same, you know, rare stuff that they've had forever. You know, and I know I sit on rare stuff for a long time because we don't move anything online. We don't sell anything on eBay. But you know, but so that sits sometimes, but we eventually sell everything. Like I, I don't think I have anything older than a couple years in the store, you know, and, and even the ones I had that were really expensive from a couple years ago, like I sold through legend of hero Tanma complete in the box at $1,500 and you know, uh, tons of expensive stuff. Spider-Man web of fire for 500 bucks. We moved that, you know, and, or 400, 500 bucks, whatever it was, we moved that. So it, it was, it was a really like weird experience because I, I had, I hadn't gone on a game run down there in a couple years, but a couple years, like maybe five years ago when I did it last time, I had a really good experience and I found lots of cool stuff for the store and for myself. Like it was fun. And I can honestly tell you, like I'll never go back there because this is the state of the shops 
that exist in Chicago. Um, I will give a shout out to the one place I did like, which was surprisingly a store called Disc Replay. So Disc Replay is like a little small franchise down there in the Chicago area. I want to say there's like five stores or six stores or something. And it's kind of like a little franchise thing. And they're kind of like uh, on my area, you know, Mega Media Exchange or pre-played, something like that. If, if you have anything like that. So it's a store that sells, you know, music, movies, games, records, pop culture stuff, just kind of a little bit of everything. And they, uh, they were the best one, which I would not, I would not have assumed or, or expected, you know, and I found a couple things I could have bought there, you know, and I did, uh, I found a copy of the original Batman on Commodore 64 for Dom. I knew he'd love that because the box art had Michael Keaton on it and it was Batman off. It was really cool. So like there was, there, there was like good stuff I found there and, and every one of the stores I went to, I bought something there, you know, and yeah, the staff wasn't always the best and the stores weren't always very organized or clean, but you know, again, you know, I, I get it, you know, and it's, 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 you don't know that the day before they didn't do like a sale or something and they're all recovering or they're trashed or that the, one of the employees called in sick and they're behind, you don't know that. Right. So I'm not trashing them, but, but I really liked disc replay surprisingly. That was the best store to go to. So always worth going there. But the ones I didn't like, I mean, they were rough. They were, they were really rough. And I don't know, like, like one of the stores is basically like, if you took GameStop 10 years ago before they really started getting heavy into the pop culture stuff. So like GameStop 10 years ago, it feels like someone quit GameStop and said, I can do this better. And then opened up a small business that basically copies GameStop from 10 years ago, which is kind of a losing business model with trying to carry all mostly new games and just some used games. And they're the ones that had the prices on Pokemon that were just so crazy. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it was nuts. Um, but it was yeah, really, really disappointing. And then, so that was kind of the ga- the day on Saturday, really kind of a disappointing day. You know, I didn't really feel very good about anything that I picked up a few things, you know, like I said, Batman for Dom and stuff. But, um, so the next day we went to Wizard World and Wizard World always has a couple of, like we go to the vendor hall, we look and my friend Adam does a lot of uh, action figure shopping and I look for games. Uh, last year I found like a mint and box Splatterhouse two at a pretty fair price. So I actually bought that for my collection. So this year was the same thing. Just find a couple video game vendors, see what they got and see if there's anything for your personal collection. And I, I stumbled upon a, a, a what would be like my holy grail store at Wizard World. So I walk up to it, and there's two sides, basically. One side has games that are priced. The other side has games that are not priced. And they're talking about their company, which is a video game grading company. And in that glass case that they're not selling, I kid you not, this is what's in there, a sealed little Samson, uh, stadium events, there were multiple the championship carts, the gray championship carts, the zombies at my neighbor's alternate box for Super Nintendo. Cool as hell. Um, and just this cool rare stuff you've like never, like never ever see. They have this in a glass case. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And it's about grading and they're all graded and stuff. So you're like, okay, well, I, I can't buy these anyway. I wouldn't want to buy those. They're not for my collection. I wouldn't want them. But there they are. It's cool to see. Well, on the, on the side over, they have all the games they are selling. So these are ones that are graded and they're selling. And most of the graded ones were six seven or eights out of 10, all complete in box, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis. That's exactly what I collect. So, I mean, this store is like, I'll, I'll drop a G at this store if I can get the games I need in my, in my collection at that time. And so I see one that I need right away that I've been searching for on eBay for the last six months to no avail to get one in the condition I wanted in it. Nightmare on Elm Street, NES complete in box. It it's graded, which I don't care much for. And I don't even want to get into the whole irritation that is VGA grading. Like I'm not even going to talk about that stupidity. Um, but these guys, uh, the difference about this company is they grade open games, not just brand new ones. VGA only grades brand new games and seals them up and, and everything. So I see this nightmare on Elm street and I think to myself, Oh my God, this is awesome. Like 120 bucks to 200 bucks is what they sell for on eBay. I'll pay top end. And I think it was labeled as like seven out of 10 or 7.8 out of 10 head manual, whatever manual box book box looked good. And I'm like, well, hi, Chester. Um, and I'm like, okay, so I'll pay it. Walk up to it, look, you know, look at it, go right to the sticker price. $450. $450. I'm like, okay, well, that's stupid price. Put that back, you know. And like I said, for $200, I would have jumped on that. That's high end eBay in that condition. I would have paid that. $450 for what? Because it's graded by some company that just grades stuff. Like it's not, you know, it's really frustrating to me. And, and this was more frustrating because I would have spent a ton of money there. And so I start looking at the other stuff, right? So they've got a complete in box, um, DuckTales 2, 
I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not worth that much, you know, like it's not that it's not rare. It's just that it's not worth that much. So for whatever reason, I got a little, like, I don't know. I, I got, I got a little irritated. So I asked the guy and I was respectful, but I said, Hey man, I was like, can I just ask like, where, where do you come up with the prices for what you're selling these for? I said, because I gotta be honest, I've been looking for nightmare on Elm street for a long time. I'd love to buy this one, but top end eBay prices on this is 200 bucks. It's like where, I mean, you're more than double top end. Like, I'm like, I understand the grading to you is going to add some value, which it doesn't add value to me. I'd take it right out of that stupid plastic box and put it on my shelf, but okay. Your grading is going to add some money. So, okay. But where do you come up with this extra, just whatever $200 tax or whatever? And the guy looks at me and he seems like he's passionate. Right? He seems like a decent guy, but he also seems like someone who's got his head up his ass just to be frank. And he just goes, Honestly, like I know I hear where you're coming from, but we're trying to change people's minds about what something's worth. You know, eBay is not the best way and not the only way to value something. And I just looked at him and was like, well, I know it's not the only way to value something, but it's the most accurate way to value something because it shows what people are willing to pay for it. If a, if a Nightmare on Elm Street's sitting in good condition on eBay for $400 for six months, that means it's not worth 400 bucks. I'm sorry. That's what it means because nobody on the whole planet earth was willing to pay that money for that game at that time. So, and then you watch an auction, right? Okay. Ends at 38 bids, bids out at 150 bucks or 200 bucks. That means that all these people were fighting over it. And at the end of the day, the champion paid $150 for it. The person who was willing to spend the most spent $150. How, how does that not accurately depict what something is worth? And I understand the argument he was trying to make, which was, you know, almost like he was making like the sports card argument that not just because it sells on eBay for this, there's like Beckett card books and stuff like that, that, that have what gate, what because of rarity and other things, that's what their price is like in these listings. I'm like, but that's not accurate. That's not what people are willing to pay for. And that's not what it would sell for. So why would you trust that source? Why would I trust a magazine that's saying this card is worth 20 bucks when they're only selling for 10 to 15 on eBay? Then it's not worth $20. It's only worth 10 to 15. And so, you know, I challenged him on that. And that's what he kept coming back to me with, which was just, it's just, you know, there's other ways to value games. He's like, he's like, you have to think about this one. It's really popular right now. It's got cartoon characters that we, you know, that we liked when we grew up. You just talk about uh, DuckTales too. And he's like that. And then, and he's like, and, you know, they didn't make as many copies because it's a late life NES game. And I'm like, yeah, all these things are factored into people who buy the, the item on eBay. You know, like these are all things we factor in. And I'm not saying that something like price charting is 100% accurate because they, they pool totals together. But with complete in box games, you don't always get like, they don't know the difference between a good box and a crappy box. So it's, it's, it's tough. Like loose cards, price charting is usually very, very accurate. With the boxed games, I, I struggle with trying to use them accurately because nowadays it is so dependent on condition and so that was this kind of just terrible experience i had uh with, with this guy and, and i just wish that um i, I kind of i wish i could have like gotten through to him because i would have seriously bought five or six of the games there probably spent a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars there getting games and nope they were all and it wasn't even like like okay if it, if it was 220 bucks for a very good condition nightmare on elm street i probably would have paid it even though i shouldn't have i probably would have because i'm always willing to pay a little extra you know but i don't understand this this like mentality of why they were so expensive and, and you know if he wants to start his business and he's successful with it, good on him man and if people are willing to pay it good on you i just don't see why somebody would pay that and, and I refused to and that was my choice and like I said I wasn't rude to the gentleman like like I was just trying to have that conversation like I, I'm kind of exacerbated like I don't help me understand like why this is like that and he did his best and you could tell that that's what he told himself to convince himself about why this was okay and I'm like you know what that's fine no problem no problem I just won't buy it and I didn't and I moved on. So it was no big deal. Um, the one shining light I had this uh, last weekend though, was Sunday morning at the hotel we stayed at right across. There was like an arena and in the parking lot of the arena, every Sunday morning, they do a flea market. And I was like, that's awesome because we never get flea markets around here. So we went to this flea market and I found tons of stuff. I found probably 20 or 30 games at really good prices that I, that I could bring back, uh, up here to my store. And so I was very happy about that. And unfortunately I stumbled into a guy who I wanted to spend a lot of money at, but I couldn't because he was again too high priced, but man, the dude had like, okay. So he had all video games, but his video games were like straight up all complete 
in mint and box turbo graphics 16 games and i was like holy crap like like you clearly are a collector and he said he has a full tg16 complete set at home and these are like his doubles and stuff he's picked up and he had like three copies of splatterhouse complete and i wanted one of those but he had him at like 180 or 200 i'm like ah to go for like 130 man come on like that's just it's it's too much so i couldn't pull the trigger but it was fun to look at if nothing else um and uh yeah so so flea markets man i wish there were more around here because that was that was great that was a that was a fun time and it was fun going up and down the aisles and this was huge like it was a whole parking lot just up and down aisles like a store and almost you know like i would say every other one or every two or three had some games like it was just fun to look through you know especially after a really disappointing day of game hunting in chicago which i'll probably stop um so wizard world was a bust um not just for game buying but just as a show in general we were only there for two hours it was crazy we walked around and it was just boring i i i'm totally done with wizard world uh i just think it's old and busted uh game collecting in chicago old and busted i'm, I'm done with that i wanted to go to minneapolis um but uh, one of my friends on twitter is basically just like oh it's bad here too in the in twin cities i'm like all right that sucks uh, i still want to check it out but apparently that's how it is there too and apparently it seems to be the, the all the rage in big cities is just you know you have a lot of customers that you don't care if they ever come back so just take them to the woodshed on your prices and that is the podcast then for today uh i once again did not pick out the game in advance that we're going to be talking about oh greggy what are you doing um i really gotta start doing this i don't know why i don't i'm trying to i'm trying to figure that out as i as i have done this many times and i feel like every single week i have to apologize to you guys um you know what? i'll talk about a good one here i got i got a goodie this is gunstar heroes so i actually really like this game um uh uh it's by treasure which if you don't know who treasure is they're they are themselves a treasure. They make just incredible games and have been for a really long time. So think of it as a Contra type game. Kind of get you zoom in on a screenshot or two there. Stop zooming in on my face. Camera zoom in on the box. Um, and uh, it, it, so it, it's a two player co op Contra style game. But uh, as you go through the levels, you find like these weapon power ups. So you get different types of weapons. And the cool thing is you have two weapon slots. And the, the two weapons you get will actually cr- create like a combined weapon uh, that you mix. So you can mix and match like your favorite weapon for whatever kind of scenario you need. And it's uh, it's really cool. Um, and it's really good. Like graphically, it, it looks more like a like almost like a fantasy based kind of sprite look. Uh, it's very, very fun, though. Gunstar Heroes for the Sega Genesis. It's a classic. I think you can also get on um, GBA. I think they did a version of and it's probably available digital somewhere. Um, but it's really good. You know, one of the best like two player run and guns, you know, Contra style, side scroller, metal slug kind of, kind of games, but unique with its weapon system. So very good. Check it out. And as always, I, uh, so much appreciate everybody for listening and watching. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you, I would be so kind as to go to droprate.life or you can go to youtube.com slash the drop rate and subscribe to us on YouTube. That would help out a lot. Uh, we always appreciate the YouTube. Uh, and then you can watch this in segmented format as opposed to like a podcast. Or if you're watching this online and you would prefer it in podcast format, you can go on iTunes and search for Game Talk Radio. So that's that's my personal podcast here, Game Talk Radio. And uh, as always, again, I appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate everybody for watching. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. And everybody have a great day. Bye-bye.